listening to A to the K. 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 Talk Podcast. Check it out. Change your life. You'll be thanking me later. So, Carl, shall we move on to This Week in Wrestling? Let's move on. Let's do um, So, kicking off with Raw, as we normally do. So, the card for this week's Raw, we got to see Randy Orton calling out Bray Wyatt. And then we got a Firefly Funhouse segment. We got Asuka taking on Shayna Baszler, with Asuka picking up the win. We had Ricochet teaming up with Dana Brooke in a mixed tag match against Slapjack and Reckoning. Okay. For Why some not? reason. Um, with Ricochet and Dana picking up the win. Um, we had Miz TV. I was, yeah. I was worried we were going to get another one of those. That's it. You know, as long as we get you know, as many TV segments as we can, that's all that matters. If they but, don't um, do Miz TV on a weekly basis, I'm just disappointed. Well, exactly. You know what I mean? I mean, it, it can only get better if you have you know, Firefly Funhouse and Moments of Bliss and every other possible thing. But yeah, unfortunately, we didn't get Moment of Bliss this week, which is a shame. But we did get Miss TV, and the special guest was AJ Styles. We had Kofi Kingston taking on the hair business's own, Shelton Benjamin, with Kofi picking up the win. And then we had Kofi Kingston taking on the hair business's own, Cedric Alexander. But this time, Cedric picked up the win. That was a weird setup. He was a bit, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and the big thing there was that Cedric has now got wins over both members of uh, the New Day. So, okay. Okay. Fair news. Yeah. Bit of a long way to go about it, but okay. Yeah. Um, we had a three-on-two handicap match, which was set up earlier in the night with AJ Styles teaming up with Miz and Morrison to take on the team of Drew McIntyre and Sheamus with AJ, Miz and Morrison picking up the win because of something that may have happened during the match, which we will come on to. We had, for some reason, Bobby Lashley taking on Jeff Hardy with Bobby Lashley picking up the win. And the main event of the evening, Anthony, Randy Orton earlier in the night called out, not The Fiend, but Bray Wyatt. And you know who won? No one, because it was a no contest with Shinan. Well, they're so close. So close to having decisions in every match. So close. Um, So, yeah, that was the rundown of the card. In terms of the highlights, you know what? All in all, it wasn't a terrible show, to be fair, at least by Raw standard. So mm. the highlights... It's the Raw standards. <laughs> by the Raw standards. Um, so from a highlight perspective, so the Firefly Funhouse segment, again, was good. Um, now, I've seen a few people kind of being a bit like, meh, about it, but let's be honest, I don't or I haven't religiously watched SmackDown, that's your gig, um, and, and mine is Raw. <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, I'll obviously tune into SmackDown and, you know, watch it where I can. Um, but yeah, so for me, the Firefly Funhouse feels a little bit more, shall we say, refreshing than it might be for anyone. Yeah, who, I, I get that. Yeah. Um, you know, watches both shows like religiously kind of thing. But yeah, I thought it was good again. There was no Alexa this week, though, um, mm. which actually was a bit of a shame, to be fair. Um, I don't know. I've kind of got used to them, too, as a little bit of a tag team. Yeah. Um, quite enjoyed it. But do you know what? It did feel different again, which is what you want from these kind of segments. This time it was like a game show concept. Um, and ultimately hyping what The Fiend is going to do to Orton at TLC. Um, so, yeah, it was a little bit of fun. Um, and, you know, I kind of like the fact that Orton called out Bray instead of The Fiend. And I like the fact that, that you know, we're still kind of differentiating these two characters of, you know, Bray is still, you know, badass in his own right as, uh, you know, as this Yeah, wrestler. to be honest, but the only thing that kind of bugs me is the fact that they insist on calling him The Fiend Bray Wyatt instead of just The Fiend. Yeah. Like... That kind of bugs me when he's coming to the ring because it, like, in his own psyche, separates the two. Yeah, you know, character-wise, you can call out Bray or you can call out the Fiend. So why don't we just roll with it fully and and have him introduced as either the Fiend or Bray Wyatt? Well, like looking back to like to Foley and you had Dude Love and Cactus Jack, and it wasn't like Cactus Jack McFoley <laughs> or like. Well, you Dude see, Love I McFoley. reckon if you had Mankind in today's product, Vince would absolutely insist that he's called like. Mick, Mankind, Foley or something like that, just so we don't forget who it is, because... It's definitely gone a bit mental, hasn't it? Definitely gone a bit mental. Um, Which, you know, to be fair, you know, the attention span has dipped, hasn't it, in the world? But, I mean, come on. Uh, Not that much. Um, But anyway, yeah, so I thought that was pretty good. Um, Right, I want to be very clear, because I am talking about the highlights. (laughs) Ms. TV (laughs) was not a highlight, and I'm very clear about that. But Drew McIntyre, his promo... 
was excellent and he's been very hit and miss for me and I think it's really evident when he's given you know stuff that he has to basically recite versus the stuff that he just kind of comes out with and you know this wasn't a completely unscripted promo there was WWE stuff in there but at the same time I still enjoyed it so there was like you know he called um called them jackass and the beanstalk which I don't know <laughs> that's funny um yeah. <laughs> he, he basically made reference to um, Miz and Mrs, which is obviously them saying plug the show on the TV because we want people to watch that as well. Of um, obviously, he's there saying that you know Maurice has got Miz's original balls in his purse, so obviously he's now replaced them with the balls of his sidekick bitch, which I thought was hilarious. Again, um, so yeah, that bit I don't know. I thought it was a stronger promo from Drew, even though you could tell it was still pretty scripted, which is a bit of a shame. Yeah, and no, I think um, I think there might be something to that though. I think he might be getting a little bit more comfortable. Mm scripted stuff if that makes sense like yeah he's obviously prefers and i would genuinely say much better being off the cuff but um except for claymore countdowns and stuff but yeah that's not really a promo <laughs> it just kind of bugs me um but i don't know i think he, he's just sort of i don't know like, i think people don't really consider the fact that he's still like he's he's thrust into the sort of the top of the card the championship role but he's still sort of finding his feet really let's be honest yeah. as a no, champion definitely. Um, and yeah, that's what I mean. Like, I, I, I don't want to shit on him because it's definitely much better than some of the stuff he's had to work with um, for a while. Like when he was making his ascension to being the champion, he, he seemed like he was just doing his own thing, and that was infinitely better than, than what he does. But at the same time, this was this was a promo that felt a bit refreshing for for Drew over the last few weeks, and you know, through no fault of his own. But it just I don't know. It was it was a bit better. But um, yeah. you know, I think actual... any time he, he comes out and he's not just going. Claymore and waiting for like a response. I think I think we're we're good. Yeah, defo. Um, but yeah, um, I also want to just call out as a highlight just the subsequent match after uh, you know after the setup. Um, so as I mentioned, it led to uh, Drew McIntyre and Sheamus um, in a three on two against uh, AJ Miz and Morrison. And you know what? I've, I've like you know you can check back, guys. I've called this. I said I wanted it to happen at WrestleMania, and I don't know. Maybe people thought I was crazy, but. We accidentally saw Sheamus um, hit a bro kick on Drew, um, and it was kind of like, oh, and that's what ended up costing them the match effectively. Um, so it was kind of like miscommunication. It was accidental, blah blah blah. And then I just loved the fact that you know this kind of set up something after the after the match where backstage Sheamus was kind of pacing around, and like the interviewer came up to him and was like, you know, what's up, what's up, and he's like, well, I know Drew's gonna come out here and kick my ass, so. You know, and she's like, "Well, did you mean it?" He's like, "Well, no, obviously I didn't mean it. It was an accident." But you know, this this is how we settle things. And then obviously Drew came out and was just like, "Yeah, okay then." And they just <laughs> we just went to town, just fucking start beating each other up, which was, I don't know, it fits their characters, doesn't it? It's just a uh, crazy was... Scotsman and Irishman. <laughs> it's basically <laughs> they like to fight. <laughs> exactly. Um, <laughs> fucking Finley's gonna come out next. Jesus. Um, was that his thing? My name's Finley, and I like to fight. Was it? Was that Finley? I think it was something along that line. Yeah. My name's Finley, and I love to fight. That was it. Um, so yeah, so uh, we yeah. got all that anyway. Yeah, he didn't just like it; he definitely loved to fight. <laughs> he loved it. Um, but yeah, and then after all that kind of happened, them two beating each other up. You know, they came back from commercial; they were just absolutely going to town on each other. And then fucking Pat Buck shows up, and they just end up getting him and throwing him through a table, then looking at each other and laughing and going for a pint, which is yeah exactly what you expect it's very british you know it's very very uh... came here for a pint and a fight <laughs> exactly um so yeah you know it's it's over the top it's zany it's very cartoony but at the same time i was sports entertained if you will so. no I will, i'll give you do you call this like their dynamic is um is really entertaining so um however it ends up if what you're suggesting what you're theorizing is true yeah i'm i'm for it let's let's have this let's have this feud this match let's fucking have it yeah have me it. too that's right. <laughs> um, so then we got Anthony. We got Kofi taking on Shelton. Um, and you know what? It wasn't that good, to be honest. Um, for two guys who, you know, are really impressive in-ring workers. I don't know. It just felt a bit off. Um, but I feel like that might have been due to the way it was booked almost of, you know, it didn't really get that much time. It was over and done with. Kofi won. And then, you know, Cedric comes out and, and calls him out. And don't get me wrong, you know, Cedric, um, like, the reason that it's a highlight is because I really like what they're doing with Cedric. You know, he was someone who was kind of wasting away and obviously he's a friend of the show. He's given us a shout out and stuff before. Um, so, you know, we are big fans of Cedric and I kind of felt like the stuff he was doing with Ricochet and that kind of thing just wasn't really getting anywhere. And he seems to be quite a bright spot in, 
the hair business at the minute, you know, MVP, obviously the brightest spot, but I don't think Lashley's doing that much. I don't think Shelton's doing that much. And now you've got Cedric really stepping up. Um, and obviously him I calling. I, I think the hair business have a lot of potential there. Like, mm. I wasn't overly sold on them at first, but um, I think they really could have capitalised on that bit when um, it was sort of reckoning in the ring and the hair business come down to deal with it that yeah. the first time. Like, that, they had so much momentum then as, like, the almost tweener, half good yeah. guy type characters who were defending Raw because, you know, for their own selfish reasons, but still doing so. And they could have built, they could have used that momentum and built them from there. And all they've done is go, um, okay, MVP's US champ, then he's going to lose it, but then Bobby's going to win it. And Shelton might have the 24-7 title a couple of times. I don't know. And it's like, just, I don't know. The, the don't completely book agree. in itself is just a bit weird. Yeah. But there's something there. They're a good group. Oh, definitely. I feel like they definitely dropped the ball because I remember when they came down to take on Retribution, it was kind of like, oh, shit, this is actually pretty cool. Um, yeah. I'm like, yeah, like we just haven't seen anything like that since, have we? So, yeah, I don't know. Um, but yeah, in fairness, it's still a highlight because I'm a big fan of um, of them trying to put Cedric over because I'm a big Cedric fan and he's got loads of, of talent. So, you know, um, the fact he's now got a win over both of the tag champions is nice story progression, I would say. Just a bit of a shame that it had to be a, a, a poor... Shelton match to um, to get there. Um, and my final highlight um, is the Randy Orton Bray Wyatt main event, which I thought, just thought was excellent. Um, awesome end to the show. Um, I liked the way that it was back and forth, and Orton kind of proved, well, do you know what? I can beat Bray Wyatt because effectively he had him beat. And then all of a sudden, um, you know, shenanigans, the lights go out, and then he's lying on top of Fiend, and then Fiend kind of chokes him out. and I don't know, I'm just a big fan of that kind of dynamic where you can make Bray kind of look a bit weak and like he's going to lose and then he just has to just summon the Fiend and then it's like, oh shit. Despite my snarky remark earlier, like this is one time where, yeah, go for it, go for storytelling over the actual finish of the match. I don't mind. Like this is one no contest I'll live with when yeah. it just goes to no contest for stupid fucking reasons. Those me in. <laughs> But um, with this sort of thing, it's like, well, yeah, because it was for the sake of storytelling. That was a good twist. No one expected it. Um, and, yeah, it pushes further into Randy versus The Fiend. So, yeah, awesome. Do it. Yeah, definitely. Agreed. Um, so, solid main event, I thought. Um, and I'm excited to see what happens with Fiend and Orton because Orton's just coming off a, a program with McIntyre, which, although he won the belt back, he hasn't come off very impressively. So, you know, are they going to do the same again? And, you know, is, is Orton going to continue to lose? And then obviously you would expect after this, he's got Edge to contend with as well, but you wouldn't like to see him, you know, go over the Fiend either. So interesting times for Orton, I'd say from a character perspective. Mm. Um, it is. I'm actually really curious where they're going to go with that. Yeah. It's not like Which, they're scared of sacrificing the Fiend. Exactly. Goldberg. <laughs> hey, Goldberg. Yeah. Hey, hey, old bag. Um, which you never know. He might be making a return for WrestleMania this year if he can't. I fucking hope rock, not. Which looks like it's not going to happen. So I, I, I fucking hope not. We're going to get Spear versus Spear, Anthony. I will. Happen. I will legitimately not watch that match. I will. I'll switch off <laughs> that entire match. That whole three minutes, I won't watch. I'd like to think there won't be any restrictions in place, and we'll be watching it together. So if you just storm out in a, a little bit of a hissy fit, then you know I'll allow it. It's okay. I'll just go to the kitchen and promise you'll <laughs> drink. It's fine. But um, I mean, to be fair, by the time you pour yourself and drink and come back, it's probably the length of the match. So you, you're pretty cool. <laughs> match has started. <laughs> it's over. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah. Anyway, no talk about Olberg, but <laughs> nicely, nice little segue into the O'Shites, Anthony. I like that. Um, so, talking about the O'Shites for Raw this week. Um, so, we had Asuka taking on Shayna Baszler. And I don't know, it just didn't, it didn't land for me like a while ago when, when, you know, Heyman was here and he was booking Shayna as this kind of beast and stuff like that, then I would have totally been down for Asuka and Shayna, I think. But the way it's gone and like the way the characters, it like, it just, there was more emphasis on the whole Lana and uh, Nia thing than, than anything that was actually going on in the ring. Do you know what I mean? And I don't know, I don't know it was just, what? <laughs> yeah. And it was just like, I don't know, a bit of a distraction and then, you know, a roll up, and I just feel like that happens too much as well. Something happens on the outside, someone gets an easy roll up, and you know me, I'm a stickler, and it goes back to me old, you know, GPW days. And I can't remember who it was. One of the trainers said to me, like, I don't get what what the thing is in wrestling today, where you have people lying down and they don't even look like they want to kick out or something. Yeah, and that's why. Like, like, well, there's no possible way I could get out of this. I'm just gonna like <laughs> you know it. I mean, like you know, for me, wrestling a win should be someone has been knocked out to the point you can't kick out because they're knocked out. You know. 
like, like don't get me wrong, there's been amazing matches that have been finished with a roll-up or something, and it's made sense, but they've looked like they're trying the best to get out, and they just couldn't exactly. do it. Exactly. I think that's the thing. It's like, even if your shoulder's down, you're not knocked out, but you can't, you just can't struggle out of it. It still yeah, works. Exactly. It's the fact that you don't struggle at all. Like, no. There's no way I can resist it. Like, that's it. And like, you know, yeah, yeah we, we know it's fake, blah, 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 but... I don't know. It just it, it it never sits well with me. Do you know what I mean? Especially it's like every kick out at two or like two and a half, and it's very rare you see like just kick out at one because well, why would they be down for a two count? You've just like swept them. Do you know what I mean? It's not like you haven't done anything to them. So I don't know. Slight sidebar though. Kick out at one is a great name for a band. Speaking of sidebars, is that is he a new member of Retribution? Um, <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, see what I did. Um, but yeah, so that that wasn't a fan, and uh, you can buy our sidebar. CD um, on a2k.co.uk in the merch section because um, I'm assuming we're going to be banned now because why not? We do what we want. Why not? That's what we do. We do what we want. <laughs> we do what we want and we want what we something like that. Yeah, like it. I don't know. It sounded good to me. <laughs> and then we final O'Shite Anthony, um, which is surprising because I've had more highlights than O'Shite this week. Um, what is <sighs> so we had promos from both of the teams ahead of the tag match. Um, so the tag match was Dana Brooke. Um, teaming up with uh, Ricochet to take on Retribution members and they basically had like a lot of promo activity for this we had a lot of time spent backstage with Ricochet with Dana little weird dynamic between them two and like yeah yeah you know oh she's pumped up and I'm gonna get behind her blah 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 you had Ali going yeah we're Retribution and we don't like to lose and then the match lasted about a minute and you know they spent about 10 minutes hyping it up for a one minute match in which the whole end game of it was, well, okay, Ali's not happy with reckoning again. You know, she kept a mask on this week, which is great. Um, but <laughs> is it? <laughs> is it really? So you know, it definitely was. You know, I don't think it was intended last week. It was definitely a botch. But um, you know what? I'm I'm all for them. Like, if something happens and they want to try and work with it and work it into a story, fine. Yeah. My problem right now is they seem to have overlooked the fact that Retribution have done more talking than wrestling. Mm-hmm. And I think now is the time to stop with your interviews, your backstage stuff and your promos and have them show themselves in the ring. They've yeah. done the talking bit. We know exactly what their mission is. Mm-hmm. They've told us so many times. We don't need any of that shite now. No. Like we could have I would have happily settled for some sort of promo where we understand why Ricochet and Dana Brooke put themselves together and then crack on with the match. Yeah. Because what we want to see is them actually trying to enact the plan that they so eloquently stated. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. It was just, wasn't a fan. I thought it was pretty shit, to be fair. Um, bit of a waste of time to have that much time put into something for like a one-minute match with, with little to no payoff. So I don't know. We had, we had weeks of, of building up uh, Goldberg, Roman Reigns. And that. <laughs> let it go! Oh, no! Let it go! I'll never um, let it go! <laughs> <laughs> so, um, all in all, Anthony, that was raw. And do you know what? I'm going to give it a two and a half. Um, and I, okay. I think it, it was a much improved raw you know, especially over the previous week. Um, I don't know. I feel like after the first segment, it was a very, very weak show up until like the final hour or so in which, you know, that felt like a really great kind of send off um, to the actual show. You had the whole Drew and Sheamus thing and you had the whole, you know, main event, which was fantastic. Lashley and Hardy was in there as well, but that was pretty shit. So yeah, um, I don't know. I thought it kind of started off okay, went pretty shit and then kind of built back up for the end. So two and a half for me, I thought. I agree, to be honest. I was debating on maybe a two, but I'll give it a two and a half. It was a very watchable Raw this week. Mm. And sometimes they're either infuriate, you know, just boring and too long. This was watchable. It was entertaining for the most. Still like a couple that. of niggles here and there. But... <laughs> two and a half. Watchable. I like it. That's where two and a half set is. The, we set the bar pretty fucking low, but it makes sense. <laughs> it was watchable, which isn't saying. watchable. <laughs> Speaking of watchable, <laughs> should we talk NXT? Let's do it. Okay, so we open with a nice little, um, I'll, I'll say, promo from Finn Balor. Um, we'll talk about that a little bit more because I do have some issue with that. But essentially, Balor's back. Mm-hmm. Um, then we have a match between Isaiah Scott and Jake Atlas. Isaiah Scott's back uh, with Jake Atlas <laughs> taking the win. Sorry, Isaiah, didn't last long. Uh, we had the Grizzled Young Vets versus Imperium versus Everise in a you know three-way Tag match, or whatever you want to call it. Grizzled Young Vets are back. Grizzled Young Vets are back. <laughs> and um, they, they took the win, actually. So that's good. A mm. uh, bit of momentum there. We had uh, Tommaso Ciampa going up against Cameron Grimes. Sure. Uh, with Tommaso taking the win, rightly so. We saw um, a celebration, if you will, from the um, Gargano family 
let's say, over the, the victories at war games and such, uh, with shenanigans. Shenanigans all round. We then had uh, Pete Dunn going up against Killian Dane, with Pete Dunn taking the win, and rightly so. We had um, the main event of the night, Carl, with Raquel Gonzalez taking on Ember Moon. Mm-hmm. With Raquel Gonzalez taking Oh, yeah. So, that's the card. What are the highlights I hear you ask, Carl? Well, I'll tell you now. <laughs> Calm down. So, the highlights, Carl. So, I'll have to kind of explain the promo at the beginning, mm-hmm. because everyone wants a piece of ballet, right? <laughs> Damien Priest wants a piece of ballet. Kyle O'Reilly wants a piece of ballet. Pete Dunn wants a piece of ballet. So, you know, he comes out to say, I'm awesome. And they come out to say, well, we want to match with you. And then um, Scarlett comes out and she's like, hey, guys. Um, and you know, and she just wants to point out that uh, Karrion Cross is um, also wanting a piece of ballet. So, nice. Okay. And uh, do you know what, Anthony? Go on. Everyone wants a piece of Scarlett as well. I'm throw that out. That's true. Now, um, Sorry. Damien, <laughs> Damien Priest made a comment, um, sort of scorning, if you will, uh, Karrion for not coming out himself. You know, send the Scarlet out there. What a wuss. Um, so the reason I have to precursor all that is because my first highlight, Carl, is actually the fact that Karrion Cross came out and laid into Damien Priest. <laughs> now, that sounds really petty. But during the, um, the Gargano celebration, Priest sort of, again, come out to run his mouth with Gargano. He's just, you know, firing everywhere just to see what matches he can get, I suppose. Um, and Karrion came out and attacked Priest to make a point about um, his earlier comments. Now, I'm not just having this as a highlight because it was Priestly attacked and I'm not that big a fan of Priest. Um, I actually thought it was really well placed. Um, they sort of insinuated that Cross wasn't ready to come back, but he's nearly ready. I mean, the months of TikTok we had before he debuted, we were expecting maybe a little bit longer. Um, I don't know. You might have seen it coming, Carl. I don't know. But for me, it wasn't even like if you saw it coming that night, it was the, um, the positioning of it as well. Like, mm-hmm. I didn't expect them to go, yeah, I'm going to go for Priest and make a point. Do you know what I mean? No. Well, to be so honest, just as I... I was ready to roll my eyes and Priest was going to set himself up for another match with Gargano, bam, we get Carrion. And I was happy with that. That works for me. Yeah. I thought when we saw Scarlet, it was like, okay, Carrion's not healed yet. You know, she's coming out to say he's going to be coming back soon. And it was kind of like a bit of a slow build. And then yeah. the fact he turned up, I was like, oh, shit. I was like, yeah. So it definitely caught me by surprise. I'm glad to know that because I, I was caught by it. And I'm like, I don't know if that was just me. Or no, no. you could argue it was signposted by the fact she came out and was like, yeah, he's coming for you soon. But um, I don't know. I, I enjoyed it. And I'm not a massive fan of uh, Priest. But at the same time, this is set up something good. And I would happily watch this match between the two of them. Oh, yeah. As long as you know, Priest gets seven. his ass kicked. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So um, that was my first highlight. My second and last highlight, sadly, mm. was um, Pete Dunn versus Killian Dane. What an ace match this was. Surprisingly ace match. They both put on a really good match together. Um, it's nice to see Dane in the sort of, not so much the face position, but, you know, like the bad guy was definitely Pete Dunn. Yeah. Um, and it kind of made sense. Like, not in a way that like really sits you. They haven't built it up for months. These two are going to fight. But the fact that Dane just wants a piece of the NXT or the kings of NXT, sorry, as they call themselves, for everything that happened in the car park a few weeks back, again, makes sense. I like it. It had enough inclusion without too many shenanigans on the outside with um, Drake Maverick trying to keep uh, Oni Larkin and Danny Burch at bay. Everything just kind of worked really nicely and it didn't detract from the match, even the shenanigans. So the whole thing, I thought, was a really enjoyable match and I didn't expect to enjoy it, which is probably why it made a highlight. You know what? I think the thing that kind of stood out for me is that these guys have got really good chemistry. And I think, yes. thinking about it, they, they must have fought each other a lot on like the UK, European scene. Do you know what I mean? Because they're both... Uh, yeah, I think in all fairness, like Killian, was, he was really all over the Indies in, in um, yeah. the British wrestling scene. So the bounce of cross... Cross swords, that doesn't sound right. The bounce <laughs> of uh, cross paths before. What happens in the NXT bathrooms, Anthony, we do not talk about on this show. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I felt like they had a, you know, a lot of good chemistry. It does sound worse now. Damn, we need to find a different word. Which reminded me of Stuart Francis. Uh, me and my uh, chemistry teacher didn't really get along. We just didn't have any rapport. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I thought it was good. Um, yeah, I was, uh, I was very impressed by, by the pair of them, to be fair. So, yeah. Yeah. Shocking. I mean, I don't mean to be shocked by it. They're both very talented guys, but I don't know. I suppose it just, again, caught me off guard because I was like, it's going to be a match. It's probably going to be all right. And it was it was probably one of my favorite matches of the night, if I'm honest. Yeah, definitely. So let's move on to the O'Shites, Carl. This might just be me, right? The whole thing with Bala fell flat, right? Because barring Carrion coming out, and I've got issues with that as well, but barring Carrion or Scarlet coming out, you know, the options they were putting to us, because that's what this is about, right? The options they were putting to us was uh, Finn Balor versus Kyle O'Reilly, Finn Balor versus Damian Priest, 
or um, Finn Balor versus the, the least um, rubbish option of um, Pete Dunne. And I'm like, okay, I might watch that one. But I'm meant to be like super hyped. And it's like, like yeah, Finn's back. And it's like, look at the options you're putting to me. And I mean, no offense, but come yeah. on, come on. And we know we want Carrion versus Balor. Everybody wants Carrion versus Balor. So I just feel like we're going to have to wade through this crap mm-hmm. first, which is kind of annoying. However, the issue I've got with Carrion, Carl, and this is me, me second and last no shite, in all fairness. <laughs> and I'm hoping you might call me on this and this might be something I've totally misinterpreted, but it kind of bugs me, right, that Finn Balor has had months off with the title, mm-hmm. right? And then it feels even more emphasized by the fact he was allowed to do that by Carrion coming back like a week yep. or so after Balor, even though they'd been out for roughly the same time. Yep. So it's like, well, if, why did we ever take the title off Carrion? I really don't, I, I'm, 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 I'm missing something here. Why did he have to vacate it? And Finn hasn't. Finn's been off for months, come back and been like, I'm still champ. I broke my jaw, but whatever. And yeah. um, Carrion had to vacate. The whole, he made a big thing of vacating the whole thing. And now everyone's yeah. like, oh, he should challenge Finn. So of course he fucking should. He should never have lost the belt. Yeah. It's a fucking excellent point, to be fair, because it doesn't make any sense, does it? It just, no. Like, I mean, I was, I was hoping you might have said to me, no, you've got it wrong. There's like definitely like months <laughs> worth of difference. But I could swear there's only been like a couple of weeks worth of difference between their injury times. Yeah, definitely. I feel like. Um... You know, so they had obviously carry and lose it, and then they had the the tournament, didn't they? Um, and stuff happened, and then you know Finn ended up getting it not long. You know, yeah, it, it it's got to be what like a month? Could be like a month difference. Let's say a month, but even so, I don't think it's unreasonable to have kept the title on Carrion, or no. at least you know kept kept, well, kept it on Balor. Like, yeah, I don't it's know. Like, it shouldn't don't be. even. I don't know. Like even if he weren't having matches, I've Balor around, so it doesn't look like he's out on injury. I don't know. Yeah. Do you know what I think for uh, me? Weird. Like Balor is one of the biggest casualties in the whole WWE. I think it's it's crazy looking at him now and thinking this was the guy who was the first Universal Champion who was going to be yeah. pushed to the fucking came moon. out of NXT with a rocket off his ass. And wait, like what is what is he doing? Like you know what I mean? He's he's nothing. He's he, he went away. He went to was he at NXT UK for a bit? Can't really I remember, think he did do a bit of representation, um, and although that even fell flat because didn't he want a piece of Walter and then never got to because of everything with the COVID stuff? I think so, yeah. So like, <laughs> so he even went back there like, yeah, I did a couple of things, and now I've had to stay here. And then he's gone to NXT, and I don't know, like his whole character. I don't even get his character anymore. Like, is he a good guy? Is he a bad guy? What's this prince with an X? On? I just don't know. I just <laughs> he's extreme. <laughs> it's just like it's because he's a child of the nineties, though. Yeah, I just honestly. <laughs> I I just I'm I'm like baffled by him because he was someone I was so like he was so over with me when he was in the you know on the main roster and in his first into NXT and then to look at him now I just think what the fuck's happened to him like I just yeah I couldn't give a shit anymore about him which is a shame. I don't know how you feel about this call, right? I think everyone who's been involved in the Bullet Club in a higher like, in the big time WWE platform has fucking failed. Mm. Yeah, I, prove me wrong. <laughs> well, Adam Cole, but he hasn't been on the main roster yet. Um, and a lot of guys do really good in NXT until they go up to the main roster and then they just go there to die. So, yeah, with the exception of him, I, I, yeah, I agree. <laughs> but it's only because he hasn't he hasn't made his way there yet. But even, even, I hate to say it, even Kenny Omega, I get I get the impression it was a much bigger deal in um, in the Bullet Club in New Japan. Like what? I'm only just seeing sparks of him as an awesome heel, and I hope it keeps going, and I hope I'm proven wrong. But what he's done in AEW so far, can you call it his best work? No, definitely not. But yeah, I think I think purposefully he's he's done that same as a lot of because he, he's obviously he's part of the fucking you know he's a he's part of it, isn't he? You know, from an executive level. So I think him, Cody, the Bucks, you know, early on were just kind of like, well, let's not make it like let's not make it just about us. Um, you know, eventually they've got they've got their way there. Don't get me fucking wrong, um, but yeah, they started off not being that way. But I think I don't know. Kenny had some amazing matches like with Pac and stuff like that with with Moxie the first time, and then he obviously had the dynamic with Hangman Page, which is fantastic in its own right. Why are we talking about dynamite? Sorry, I'll shut up. NXT. Matt, that, I, I caused this. <laughs> I, I dragged you into this, Carl. As far as the rating goes with NXT, um, I'd put it in the same category as Raw. Okay. So I'm gonna to have to say two and a half. It wasn't really better. It wasn't worse. It was it was very watchable. Um, but barring a couple of like things that was like that's really good. Um, it was just a it was a, just a normal week, I suppose. There was nothing like even carrying cross coming back because I had my issues with the whole title scene. Even that was a little bit like eh. yeah. 
but not a, like you're still glad to have him back. Okay, um, I wasn't in, uh, wasn't actually going to give it as high as Raw, which is interesting. So I, I was going to give it a two. Um, I felt like there was maybe a little bit too much filler in there, and I don't want to say I don't want to say that in like a, a really bad way. Um, one thing that we didn't talk about was a highlight, which you know I thought based on War Games that they were going to push um, Raquel Gonzalez um, yeah, based I off did... her showing, and I was I'm kind of on the fence with it because yes, they seem to be doing that. But then Ember Moon should only just come back as well. And I'm like, well... It was kind of an odd um, odd match. Yeah. To be honest, the inclusion of Rhea Ripley as well, kind of like, mm. I don't know. Like, what what are we aiming for here? Mm. But, um, yeah, it, I wasn't really kind of excited or offended by that. So it didn't ever yeah. make me list in any sense. Well, exactly the same. I, I, you know, the fact she won, I was like, oh, yeah, she has won. But then I was like, well, hang on. <laughs> Thinking yeah. about it. The way they've done it isn't, isn't great, but... Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I I can give it a two. I think I don't think it was as strong as Raw, just because I, I felt like there was a little bit too much filler. Um, but I thought, yeah, amazing that you know, uh, Carrion is back. I keep going to call him Killer. Carrion is back. Um, Scarlet's back. No killer. Fantastic. Um, so yeah, I thought it was it was okay. In fine, you have your half a point, Carl. I will. I don't care. That's the whole reason we introduced it, just so I can be like, Haha, I don't rate it as highly as you <laughs> every week. Um, but. Anthony, we got AEW Dynamite. Yeah, you did. And it's not Winter is Coming, because that was the previous week, so I don't know why I've left that on the document. Winter came. Winter came. We saw, we came, we wintered. Um, and the card for this week's Dynamite was, we had a show opener of the Young Bucks taking on the Hybrid 2, with Young Bucks picking up the win. We had Sting talking. After you know when you, you wrote down on the notes, Sting talks, and I'm like, oh, well, shit. it's like you know what? <laughs> it's a very, uh, it's a very common theme in Dynamite. I've got Sting talks, Shaq talks, and Kenny Omega talks. So there was three, three guys talked. So we'll have them as segments. Um, we had FTR taking on the Varsity Blondes. Shout out to Griff Garrison. Made yeah, his way Griff, back you're on the main Dynamite boy. main show, um, and it was a fucking awesome match as well. To be fair, with FTR winning, which... and do you see what I mean about Griff? He's got some air. He's got some fucking air, tell you. Air, air Garrison. Fuck air, Jordan, tell you. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that was awesome. Um, we had Dustin Rhodes taking on 10 from the Dark Order, which... Wow. 10. 10 happens. on 1. Yeah, 10 on 1. <laughs> Sorry. Press 10, Vance. Um, but yeah, code, code name 10. Um, and Dustin Rhodes pick up the win. As I said, Shaq was on there for some reason. It was shite. We'll tell you more about that. I mean, um, Shaq's known for his talking. Yeah, um, we had a inner circle ultimatum based off the uh, you know the fallout that happened the previous week. Um, we had Eddie Kingston, Butcher, and the Blade taking on Lucha Brothers and Lance Archer. Got some problems with this, so okay. I'll talk about that as well. Yeah. Um, we had Abaddon taking on Tesha Price with Abaddon, the crazy little psychopathic bitch. Big, big fan of Abaddon. Yeah. Um, Kenny Omega is another guy who talked this week based on his actions after winning the belt last week. And the main event of the evening saw the Dynamite Diamond Ring on the line, apparently. I thought it was going to be for a second one, but it seemed like they were going for it on the line. Pretty sure I saw like posters with um, MJF wearing multiple rings. Yeah. Suggesting that there were going to be other Dynamite Rings. Yeah. It didn't seem That's to play Tony off that way. No. That's way too expensive. I ain't paying that. You can have it on a poster and that's it. Um, But yeah, MJF did end up picking up the win. Um, So he's retained, I guess. I don't think he's added a new one, but that was the card. Anyway. He kept his um, ring. (laughs) He kept his ring. Crossing swords and keeping rings. That's what we do on this show. (laughs) Um, So the highlights for the week. um, Again, as has become pretty much um, as expected on Dynamite, another solid opener. So we had the Young Bucks taking on the Hybrid 2. do you know what? It's not the strongest match um, and the strongest opener that we've had in a while. Um, to be honest, to be honest well, I'm starting to feel a little bit uneasy about um, Matt Jackson at this point because we know he, he's pretty fucked up and I don't even think he can, you know, he's not that good of a seller. Like, he looks like he's in fucking pain in that ring. Yeah. I'm, I'm half expecting a super kick one day and you just see his foot come flying. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yep, that was the last tendon. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, oh, joking aside, though, it's nice that I'm not to digress from that because I totally agree. I think um, he needs to have a little bit of time now, and I don't know if they're going to write that in sooner rather than later. But uh, it's nice to see the hybrid two getting some TV time. I feel like we've been getting that last few weeks, and um, they're getting a little bit of attention. And it's good. We need to build some other people up. Like, That's it. You know, we, we we've seen a lot of the um, 
you know, the de facto matches that you want to see. We've seen, you know, FTR and Bucks. We've seen, you know, which was which didn't really have a, a, the build it should have, um, but it was a great match. We saw um, Hangman and, and Kenny. You know, we've, we've we've seen a lot of a lot of good matches now with the Bucks. But yeah, I think you're right that they're, they're starting to build up other teams to the point where it's like they've, they've kind of got this angle now where young Bucks are wanting to give up and coming teams a shot. Um, to see, like, if they can beat them, then, you know, they'll get a title opportunity, which I've always had a bit of a problem with, to be fair, a, li- a little bit. Just like, well, if you can beat us in a non-title match, then we'll give you a title match. And it's like, well, mm. but at the same time, I don't know, it gets um, it gives opportunities to other tag teams. So, yeah. you know, I think well, overall with, with Dynamite this week, it was nice to see the Varsity Blondes and TH2 Definitely. on the main card showing that they're awesome tag teams. Mm-hmm. Like, fair play on both counts. Yeah, agreed massively. Um, what we also got to see this week, Anthony, was it's Sting. Um, it was. It was Sting. It was Sting. Um, you know what? I was a big fan of it. To be fair, I, I feel like it's a lot better than his, his stint in WWE already. He, he kind of, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's his second second appearance. But he showed up last week, came, looked a few people up and down, and left. And they're keeping this, you know, mysterious, mystique kind of thing going on. It started off and I was a bit like, where are they going with this? So um, he basically came out and like Arn Anderson was like, oh, I'm going to get out the ring and give the mic to you because I don't want to be. He fucked off. And then um, Tony Giovanni was like, yeah, me too. I'm going to go. And he's like, come on, Tony. How long do we go? And it's like, whoa, I wasn't expecting that. Like, I thought it was going to be like, I'm staying. You know, like really like dark, depressing Darby Allen. Um but no, yeah, he was, uh, I don't know, he was there, he was having fun, he was having a laugh. And you know what? It was, I really liked the whole dynamic between him and Cody. Like, I don't know, you know, Cody was there being like arrogant Cody, almost like, okay, all right, you showed up last week. Come on, tell me, what is it? Do you want me? And he's like, nah, I'm not here for you, Cody. It's <laughs> like, oh. No, like, it's a bit of a subvert, isn't it? Because everyone's like, oh, he's going to book himself against the legends. Yeah, and, absolutely. You know, a typical overproduced Cody Sting match, and and yeah, and it just is totally like, no, not even here for that. Well, that's it. And like, um, I don't know, there was this whole kind of thing where he was like, you know, don't worry, kid, I'll uh, I'll see you later, kid. You know, just, I don't know, he just kind <laughs> of, he was, um, you can see already there's going to be some sort of like dynamic there with him and Cody, but the thing that kind of stood out was he said, do you know what, something about this being back on TNT feels familiar and they kind of like looked up to in the rafters Darby Allen. So I don't know. I don't know what they're gonna do. He wears face paint, Sting wears face paint. Yeah. <laughs> the practically brothers. <laughs> Pretty much. So I don't know. Is he gonna be his stepdad? He's obviously got daddy issues. <laughs> Who knows? Okay. Um but yeah I don't know. I thought uh yeah I was I was a big fan of it. It 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 still felt mysterious. It left a lot of the imagination and we don't really know where it's going to go. It sets up a few little interesting things with Sting and the Dar- uh, with Cody and with Darby. So, yeah, um, interesting to say the least. Um, and then you've already mentioned it now, but you know the second the second Sorry. tag match <laughs> shitting that shitting all over me me notes, Anthony. But no, the uh, the second tag match we had. Um, this was so different to the first. Like Bucks and Hybrid Two was you know a bit of a you know spot fest. You know flips instead of fists, as FTR would say. Um, but you know what? The second the second match with FTR and the Varsity Blondes that was that was old school. Do you know what I mean? It was yeah. like I I can think back to like you know ninety two ninety three watching these kind of matches with like you know Demolition and you know the fucking Beverly Brothers and stuff like that. Like it was I don't know it it just felt it had such such an old school feel. I think it wasn't um you know it was still everyone got a chance to shine. Everyone got to do some big spots and stuff, but it just wasn't just like flippy 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 flippy, which in itself isn't a bad style, but I don't know. I, I like that they kind of have FTR there who are very much kind of traditional old school wrestlers. And, yeah. you know, for, for the Varsity Blondes, um, yeah, I thought it was a great show for them. And I thought that the chemistry between the two teams was amazing. And I just want to say to our boy Griff, you're going to be a star, kid. Um, Honestly, right? Yeah, he's fucking awesome, man. I don't know how you feel about this comment, Carl, right? He came sort of into this, came to attention on being the elite, especially mm-hmm. for the comparison to Jungle Boy. And I mean, absolutely no disrespect to Jungle Boy when I say this, but that lad's going to outshine him. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm calling it now. Griff's going to, he might change his style up so they're not compared more often. I don't know. Mm. But I think he's going to, I, I don't know. I've just got something to me good saying he's going to outshine him. He's going to end up being a bigger star. Yeah. Sooner, anyway. I don't know. I am, um, do you know what? I think. 
I don't even think that that's similar stylistically, other than the fact they've got really long curly hair. I no, think... no, there's just that's what I mean. I mean, when I say style, I think it's just a case of like he might he might change that up. He might sort of lose the hair or whichever, or, <laughs> yeah, or or just change the attire so it's not just like the trunks and the long hair. So you can like a, a very very casual person would make that comparison. Mm. Um, just something um to make him more defined i suppose at a yeah. glance but i honestly i can i could see him outshining them i really can and that's no yeah. disrespect to jungle boy jungle boy's awesome talented guy i just i don't know i, just, I see something in griff yeah defo i mean it's cr- it's crazy really because both of them are phenomenal like jungle boy mm. some of the matches he's had i'm just like he's gonna be a future definitely a tnt champion maybe a world champion one day but griff i don't know like i don't think they're even that dissimilar in terms of age but Griff just feels like he's got this raw potential that if they could do something with that, like, like as you say, he he could be a megastar, man. He he's got the athleticism, he's got the look. You know, he's, he's working All it's on gonna it. it's going to take for me is there's going to be some sort of breakout moment, similar to what happened with Britt Baker, right? Yeah, going to be some sort of breakout moment that just gets people hooked. And it's like that that defines him. Well, like a, to be fair, like you know? like you know, as 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 I said. Uh, as I said to him when we when we interviewed him, it was kind of he that whole thing with him and MJF. Yeah, to be that fair. was like seeing an angle. You know what I mean? And I feel like yeah. AW haven't really done that much with that. So you know, I'd I, like to think I worry that they probably didn't see it at the time mm. because MJF's a young guy as well. I don't think they'd have seen that comparison. Yeah, I think it's a very fair comparison, um, and I totally agree with it when you made it. But I, I worry that they probably didn't maybe capitalize on it quick enough because they didn't pick up on it quick enough you know yeah no definitely um but yeah definitely bright bright future um so excellent match as well um another highlight so i'm actually quite liking the stuff now with hangman and the dark order um and i really want to highlight again just john silver i just think he's fucking he's so good man he's he's really growing on me he is like the um i keep using the term now sorry he's he is the breakout character in the dark order not one i expected <laughs> to like so much but he, he's just he's so funny to be fair well he's hilarious he's definitely got the charisma aspect but he's strong as fuck as well and he can really go in the ring he's had a couple of matches over the last few weeks where i'm just like holy shit like this guy is awesome so it's it's crazy to see the amount of like just raw talent that aw have got at their disposal do you know what i mean but yeah. i think this is a really good um sidestep the hangman as well because i was worried like where is he going to go after because obviously his arc has been he wants to be the world champ he lost it to jericho he was going on a downward spiral he found hangman uh, he found kenny they formed a tag team and it was like going riding high there was stuff going on with the elite blah 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 and then lost the belt he's rock bottom again and you know now he's, he's turned to the dark order and it, just from a, just from an arc perspective it's so fucking good like yeah to be fair i mean and you know, WWE pride themselves as being like, you know, storytellers. And like, you know, if you watch the Beyond the Mat with Vince, he's like, we make movies. And it's like, but movies have a beginning, a middle and an end. And it's thought out. And <laughs> <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, I, I just feel like AW do such a fantastic job of long-term booking. And I think I, I agree. perfect. I look at this, like, like you say, the fact that we can totally understand how we'd end up drawn into what is a cult, essentially. Yeah that's come from the story work. Yeah, 100%. And it hasn't come way the fuck out of no, like no. Colt Cabana. It, well, yeah, exactly. And, you know, <laughs> that is a fantastic point as well. Anyone going, oh, these guys are just fucking fanboys. No, AW gets shit wrong all the time. Yeah, and Colt Cabana is a work. prime example of that. Like, that was, was fucking stupid. And they just seem to have lost, like, they've dropped that now because Brody's out injured. So it's just like, well, where's Colt now? Like, okay. Yeah. The, the only reason he was ever in the Dark Order is because somebody backstage went, Colt Cabana. <laughs> oh, <Yeah. laughs> I'm surprised that wasn't a T-shirt. To be fair, <laughs> definitely. Um, but yeah, I digress. Um, no, I'm, I'm I'm quite a fan of that, so I'm excited to see where it goes. Um, I'm also a massive fan of Abaddon. I just think you know they've done such amazing work to make her look fucking strong and crazy as they've, fuck. They really booked their strong. And they've, you know what? Totally as well, right on that. like she that you know she's she is a really good in ring worker, but some of the matches she's had have been questionable at times. And there's been the whole kind of like, well, from a promo standpoint, is she at that level as well? And she's got a lot of flack. She's done amazing character work in this whole feud already. Like she is fucking terrified of Abaddon because mm-hmm. why wouldn't you be? And like, you know, I don't know. I just think it's, it's building up really nicely. And these are two, you know, stars who don't have that external appeal or anything like that. They're just two stars that we're starting to see on our screens. And we're starting to think, well, do you know what? 
Abaddon could be a viable threat to Shida's title, which is not yeah. something we've had since Thunder Rosa, to be fair to all the women who, who faced the since. So well, that's the thing. I think, and again, they've always been um, lacking in the women's roster departments, and they very recently acknowledged that that needs some work. Mm-hmm. And I think this is a clear sign that they're starting to put that work in. Yeah, no, definitely. That's basically, I know Thunder is NWA, but you know she's helping build Britt Baker further. Mm-hmm. You know we've got Serena Deeb who is AEW, but she's holding the NWA Women's Title. You've got um, Abaddon coming in and having an awesome program with Hikaru Shida. They're, they're putting the work in. I mean, some people still question like, oh, you didn't give them enough airtime, or you put them on at the wrong time, and so on. Like that. It's like they're still working on it, man. I'm, I'm oh, yeah. still hoping that. As because the, they are pretty good at course correcting as well, they're pretty good at going. This isn't working. Let's do this. And I think I'm hoping that they're looking at the women's roster and going, All right, how can we make this work? Yeah. And no fingers. I crossed. think it's getting. Yeah, me too. And yeah, I just want to call out amazing work from Abaddon and amazing work from Sheeda as well. Like literally, she, you know, Sheeda, Sheed, Sheeds herself. <laughs> literally. <laughs> um, so excellent. Um, another highlight is Heel Keddy. You know, I've shat on him quite a bit the last few weeks. I know he's one of the best wrestlers in the world. I say that all the time. I'm not really known where, where he's like going from a gimmick or a character standpoint. And I feel like they finally found it now. You know, don't get me wrong, they've still got this over-the-top kind of cleaner thing, which I know you're not a big fan of, but I feel like it works a lot better with him as a clear heel. Um, yeah. I don't know. I feel like he's really cemented himself now as this snarky, pompous, in love with himself. He knows he's the best and all that kind of stuff. And... Yeah, I don't know. I'm really starting to buy into him. And I also want to say, how fucking good has Don Callis been? Because, you know, the work know, right? he's done as well, like, I'm blown away, to be fair. I think it's an amazing pair. And I don't want to compare him to Paul Heyman because he's not on that level. But for AW, he's like the closest thing to a Paul Heyman where you've got someone who can fucking talk and can make someone look like a fucking superstar just by talking for them. And you've got Kenny, who's no slouch on the mic himself, but he's just been having a bit of a kind of, what is his character kind of uh, dilemma yeah. at the minute. But I just love the whole kind of line from Callis where he's like, well, do you know what, Tony? You felt betrayed or screwed. Well, you know what? Welcome to the wrestling business, kid. And I was just like, oh, oh, oh. like, you know, I pop hard for that. It's weird. I, I'm surprised this hasn't happened sooner, but I love the fact that that is just like a, not so subtle, but, you know, not a direct sort of attack, but like a subtle acknowledgement of like, yeah, you are new to it. We've all been here longer. You know, yeah. you may have a passion for the business, but you're the new guy, you're green. And I like that. It, it's um, something that they don't seem to acknowledge with Khan. Yeah, Anisha. definitely. No, 100%. Um, so, yeah, I was a massive fan of that. Um, and I thought, uh, I, I don't know, I really like the idea as well, where they're like, well, do you know what, AW wouldn't exist if it wasn't for, for Kenny in, in New Japan and, and, you know, and you know, Don and, and the stuff he did and stuff. So, yeah, I don't know. I just, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm proper a big fan already of, of Kenny. I feel like it's the stuff where he won the belt and he ran off to Impact, which I did actually, you know what, I'm going to admit it, I watched a bit of Impact and... You know, you know, we already said how can we fit this this much wrestling in, but like I wanted to see it, and by all accounts, so did everybody else because you can look and you see the demographic data and you see the the views. It had more, it had higher ratings in the demos for Impact than fucking NXT. Do you know what I mean? So it's like, well, mm. holy shit! So it's definitely it's definitely doing the uh, doing the job. Um, definitely, it's a it's a win win partnership right now. Oh god, yeah, and I feel like as well they teased like. There's more to come. So are we going to see New Japan? You know, are we going to get to see fucking Tamatonga and stuff like uh, you, you've been hoping for? Like, to be I honest, don't know. It's nothing against AEW, but I enjoy both products. So I want mm. Tamatonga in WWE. Yeah. I well, want exactly. Tamatonga to go for Roman Reigns. That's what I want. The family yeah. feud's already there. Um, but nevertheless, yes, let's get these, these relationships <laughs> working. I mean, it feels exciting to be kind of in, in the wrestling world again because... It's almost like the old territory days. And don't get me wrong, I'm not acting like I was there for that. But it sounds so exciting to think, well, in, in this territory, you had Buddy Rogers. In this territory, you had Ric Flair. In this territory, you had Dusty Rhodes. And like you go around and you're like, well, fucking hell, you had these megastars. And now you start to see these megastars starting to connect with other companies. And it's exactly what you want for the wrestling business. You don't want to be... And, you know, WWE's approach to that is, well, we'll just fucking sign everyone. And then that way, you know, yeah. you don't have to come from other territories because we own them. But it's like, well, AEW are going for the roots of, well, we don't want to sign everybody. But at the same time, wouldn't it be great to see AEW's champion take on Impact's champion or New Japan's champion? It's like, well, yeah, fucking would. That makes me laugh, though. Like, people on the internet are very, like, oh, WWE don't even care about AEW. They're not even on their radar. And so, like, 
I hope they care because mm. competition's good. I want yeah. them to try and outdo each other. That's how we end up with the best product. Absolutely. 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 Um, so, yeah, so that was, uh, that was definitely a highlight. And then I also just want to call out um, MJF and Orange Cassidy in the main event. Um, I thought it was just really, really good. Um, I, I, I've not spoken about the whole inner circle kind of ultimating thing because it was a bit underwhelming, if I'm honest, because nothing really changed. It was like, yeah. let's all agree to get along. And like, you know, don't get me wrong. I laughed when um, Hager and Wardlow had their little to do. Um, why do you keep staring at me? But like, you know, even at the end of it, they're still staring at each other. Yeah. Uh, you know, Guevara and MJF, you know, they had their thing. They shook hands, but they still hate each other. You can see that. So it was just like, there wasn't really a resolution there. But, you know, I wanted to mention it anyway, even though, you know, it's not bad enough to be a no shite. Um, yeah, it was not not some of the yeah. work we've been used to with um, the inner circle. No, definitely. Um, but yeah, the match itself, I thought for the main event was uh, really really good. I thought Orange Cassidy is yeah. uh, definitely a breakout star. MGF we know is just incredible. He's definitely you know a fucking future legend almost because he's so so good. Um, so yeah, I just thought excellent excellent end, and you know MGF managed to win with the inner circle. Um, so it kind of I don't know it it worked a little bit, but yeah, it just wasn't. Amazing. But speaking of those shites, so I've got a couple actually, which is interesting for oh. AW. Um, and firstly was the Shaq interview. Um, it was fuck. It was bad, you know. Honestly, it was so bad. And I knew it was going to be, to be honest. Like Shaq is one of these people who by himself is an intimidating figure, just a, his sheer stature, the presence of the man, he's an intimidating figure. And then he opens his mouth. Yeah. Yeah. Cuts his intimidation in half. Sorry, Shaq. Oh, exactly. But it's true. <laughs> Um, but I, you know what? I don't, I don't know what it. I just don't know what it was. Um, he was just kind of there. He looked disinterested. He was just kind of like, well, yeah, you know, I'm here, and I quite like this this, this other girl that we got in, and you know, she broke her arm, Brandy. But you know, yeah, maybe you should watch yourself. And she's like, you're disrespecting me, and then like threw water in his face, and like that was the segment. And I'm like, well, hang on a minute, Brandy, like a couple of weeks ago was one of the fucking major highlights of the show. The way she came out and fucking went absolutely apeshit was incredible. And then to go from like that to a shitty backstage segment where she gets her arm broke to then some weird thing with Shaq. I don't know. I just, it wasn't good. And I, I think, yeah. I don't want to blame Brandy because she's probably working with, with what, what she's working with. But yeah, Shaq was awful, to be fair. Um, I expected so much more from him. Which is probably silly on my part because as you said, he's a... Uh, you know, there's nothing that tells me any reason why I should expect that. But yeah, um, not not great. Um, another oh shite is we had a three on three match, um, which was a bit all over the place. To be honest, I don't understand. Right. So we had this whole thing going on with Eddie Kingston, his little, you know, tribe guys, and then Pack came back. Pack was back, and we were made up, and he's got the Lucha Brothers with him. And then out of nowhere has come Lance Archer, who's got some weird little rivalry with Kingston because of the thing that happened in the Battle Royal. Where, where's Pac? What happened to Pac? He's Pac was bad. back and he was with the Lucha Brothers and now it's fucking Lance Archer and the Lucha Brothers. I don't I don't get it. Like, where's Death Triangle? Doesn't make any sense. Yeah. It's a bit weird, that one. <laughs> Doesn't make any and sense. There's no reason. They didn't even try and write that out. I don't know. No. He's having, having a lie down. No, oh, exactly. Um, so we just didn't hear any reason why Pac wasn't there. You know, the booking of it was overbooked again. So Penta was taken out really early. That was the main reason why they allowed Kingston team to pick up the win. I don't know. I just thought they could do much better with it. I wasn't a fan. Yeah. Um, now, so I spoke about um, MGF and Cassidy, and it was a highlight, I thought. Um, but the finish, again, was overbooked to hell. So Miro coming out and getting involved made sense. Yeah. It did, because obviously it he's did. got a thing going on with best friends to a degree, and Orange Cassidy is associated with best friends, so I kind of get it. But, like, really? <laughs> like, this is all over a fucking arcade machine getting broken by one of the guys from Best Friends who wasn't Orange Cassidy. And now you've got Miro coming out, beating the shit out of Orange Cassidy, and, you know, just going mental. Um, so I just, I just didn't get it. I don't get what involvement he should have had in that main event. And... You know, they did what has been needed to be done for a while, which is pushing Miro and showing that he's a badass and, yeah. you know, a wrecking machine. Awesome. But, like, why? Like, why Why for this match? Why at the end of this show? It didn't didn't make any sense, I guess. No. It's a new point. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it kind of baffled me, to be fair. But, yeah, all in all, I don't want to take away from it from just two O'Shites out of the whole show. I thought it was fantastic. 
again, you know, Dynamite is going from strength to strength, I think. And, you know, it's had a, it's had a bit of a, a slump, I would say, over the kind of a couple of months ago. And they've really started to, like, find the stride again, um, I would say. So, yeah, I thought it was a great show. And for me, it gets a three and a half because I thought it was just, there were so many good things about it. Um, again, there was some stuff like Dustin Rhodes match, which... I don't want to shit on, on, on you know, I'm going to call him Goldie. You know, I don't, <laughs> I call him. I, don't, I don't want to shit on Goldie because he's fantastic. He's a great worker. You yeah. know, he's a legend. But I feel like they just kind of shoehorn, like shoehorn him into stuff sometimes just because he's... Like, yeah, I, I think you're right. I don't think they've really had a good story for him in a while. No, and it's just yeah. kind of like, oh, okay, and stuff like that. But yeah, I don't know. I just, some of it, there was some bits that just fell off um, for me, which kind of stopped him from getting a four. Like for me, it was it was a four show. But yeah. I think the fact that we had the whole Dustin thing and we had the whole weird thing with Miro and stuff like that, it just enough of it got to like bring it down. I like the Shaq segment was fucking awful as well. So yeah, they were the only things. It's a bit of a shame really because it was a great show overall, but yeah. I can't give it any higher than three and a half. No, I'm with you. I, I can't go as high as that, to be honest. It'd be a three for me. It was still a really good week, but um, I don't know. It, it just, yeah, it, it, you know me. I'm a bit tighter with me with me scoring when it comes to that anyway. Like, I struggled to give them a four when it was um, when you were giving them a four for the cage match and the like. So um, I, I don't know. This was this wasn't a three and a half for me, but uh, it's a solid three. Probably still the best of them. Yeah, definitely. So let's talk about SmackDown, shall we, Carl? Uh, we must. <clears throat> so as the card goes, right? We had. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just reading my own notes. Um, I put Montez Ford BS. Uh, that was meant to be versus. Um, so Mon- Montez Ford versus Dolph Ziggler. Some more uh, Montez Dolph Ford Ziggler. bullshit. <laughs> with uh, Dolph Ziggler taking the win. Uh, we had Big going up against Sami Zayn with Sami Zayn taking the win. We had Jay Uso, um, not really a match. He attacked Owens, but it was a bit of back and forth. So, you know, kind of, but we didn't need a result for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we then had the Riot Squad going up against the new tag team of Billy Kay and Natalia. But that was a riot. That oh, was a riot. Uh, the Riot Squad took the win on that one, as you'd expect. We had Cesaro and Shinsuke going up against the newly formed tag team of Otis and Gable, or Chad Gable, or... Shorty G, or whatever else he's been called over the time. But Cesaro and Shinsuke took the win on that one. And then, and then we had Sasha Banks going up against Carmella for the title with, would you believe, a DQ fin. What? That never happens. So let's, let's talk about the highlights, Carl, right? First one, controversial, because you're going to disagree with me. <sighs> I still love the Zane heel character. He's so underappreciated because you've got Roman Reigns, right? Zane is like this proper awesome, cowardly, asshole kind of heel, like Christian was in the day. And, um, I mean, look, he, he took the win by count-out, right? And normally I'm, I'm annoyed with shenanigans, but this is such a dastardly, cowardly, healy thing to do that it works so well to his character. I'm, I, I'm just, I don't I'm, I'm, I'm still a big fan of what Zane's doing at the minute, and I don't care what you say, Carl, but come on, agree with me, Carl. Yeah, it's all right. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I need an opinion. He's not Christian. He's never going to be a Christian. <laughs> but he's all right. Like, like you proper like uh, talking me down, aren't you? He's not Christian. He's never going to be Christian. I mean, let's not bring faith into this, Anthony. You know, <laughs> that's all I'm saying. <laughs> um, no, I, I, I think he's he's playing the character really well. Um, and I hate to use these sort of things, but you know, he took the win without damaging Biggie's momentum. So it's not a good thing. Biggie had momentum. I hear you say, yeah, yeah, he did. Um. Anyway, my other highlights, because I knew you weren't going to agree with that one, but it was a good thing, um, was Carmella. Mm-hmm. And it was the fact that I was actually quite surprised with how well she did in the ring, especially because she's not been in the ring in a while. And I never really rated her as much of a wrestler anyway. Now, obviously, they had to finish it in a way where the title wasn't lost there and then. But uh, the only gripe I would have was probably the DQ finish. But the actual match was pretty good. I was surprised, pleasantly surprised. She's come a long way since moonwalking Carmella. That's all yeah. I'm saying. I still don't class it as a gimmick change, by the way. It's an outfit change. There's a difference. <laughs> yeah, or, I thought, yeah. I mean, be changing a gimmick every five minutes. It's not a gimmick change to the point you needed a whole kind of, you know, several, several week vignette. But uh, who could it yeah. be? Who could it's it be? It's difference. She's not the, uh, whatever she was, of Staten Island. What was she? She was Sutton in Staten Island. Princess of Staten Island. She was a princess of Staten Island. Now she's, uh, d- um, you know, the bad guy. Dominatrix of Staten Island. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but again, fair enough. I'm not over on the, the, the gimmick change, but it was a really good match. And um, I, I dare say, I look forward to their... their I dare say. 
I dare say that's uh, yeah, losing my American audience there. Um, but I'm actually looking forward to the match at TLC on the back of it, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. This was a it definitely felt a bit fresh, I would say, for Carmella. I think you know, Sasha's come off a epic year, um, winning the belt finally from Bailey. And I was kind of like, where's she going to go next? And then, you know, as, as you've said, week on week, it was like Carmella, really? This was the one where I was kind of like, okay, she could be, you know, a formidable threat. You know, the whole kind of smashing the, you know, the Prosecco bottle on her or champagne, whatever the fuck it was, and then having a little drink afterwards. You know, it was just like good heel tactics. And I think, you know, I agree. She hasn't changed so drastically to the point she needed weeks and weeks of vignettes. But at the same time, she, um, I don't know, she seems a little bit more credible, if you will. Well, she's refined. I think this is the thing. I don't think it's a full-on gimmick change, but she's more focused, more aggressive. You know, there's definitely decent character work there and decent changes there. It's just, like like I said, I think the build-up, the way they built it up was like, I think they may have oversold her coming back, to be honest, especially with how long she was gone. But mm-hmm. again, that's all in the past now, Carl. <laughs> it's all behind it. Let's move on to the Oshites. Okay. I only have one. Right, mm. it's not really an O'Shite. It's some I've I've cracked the uh, WWE tag team formula card. Do you want to know how it works? <laughs> Go on. So what WWE do? They take an existing tag team, yeah, yeah, a, a well liked tag team with charisma that people enjoy, that people get behind, that that could be built to the moon and, and potentially tag champions, etc. Um, you know, such as Heavy Machinery or or the Iconics. And then what they do, the uh, they split them up, yeah, because um, you know that makes sense. And then they take a random member from those teams and then they smash them together into another tag team that is less established less fun less charismatic and you don't root for Um, and then to really cement this new tag team as a a credible tag team they have them lose in the first match they have (laughs) that does seem to be the formula yeah it does and in case you're wondering what what are you talking about twice that happened on Smackdown twice Carl yeah so Gable and Otis yeah they're they're squashed and um, Natalia and Billy Kay for some reason which kind of could have worked like, I dare say, is it just me or is Billy Kay that actually the, the more humorous one out of the Iconics now they've split up? You realize that she's actually, they're both quite happy people and quite quirky, but she seems the more more humorous one. Oh, God, yeah. On top I, think, I think Billy was always, was always running the show. I think the whole thing with her resume and that kind of stuff over the last few weeks has kind of yeah. really shown that. Peyton was more of a, she bounced off Billy quite well, and together yeah. they were fantastic. But on the Iconics own, were awesome. She hasn't really done anything, has she? And I think, you know, I've I've been quite vocal about the fact of Lacey and um, Peyton together as a tag team is fucking awful because, mm. you know, I want to I want to see Lacey as a main event star. I want to see Lacey Charlotte. I've said this for fucking ages. You've been that, that, that that is the match to make. You know, it's a stylistic dream. And you know, Lacey, you know, we we called out ages ago saying, Do you know what? ages ago saying, Do you know what, she needs a little bit more ring refinement, blah blah blah. She's got that now. And she yeah. she can be there. She can be in that match with Charlotte. And then here they are just letting her flounder again on an, on you know a new show in some weird tag team that's going nowhere because effectively they were gonna put Peyton as a, a main, like you know as a solo main event women's kind of uh character and then you know Vince gave up on it. So here we are. Really strange. But um yeah and you know, let's touch on it. The the pairing of Otis and, and Chad Gable was a weird one. And it's like, Gable's apparently training them now. Yeah. Like, oh, right, so you're doing what Drew Gulak did a little while back. Okay. I just, again, I think he's someone who was falling out of favour, you know. I never thought I'd be comparing Otis and Peyton Royce, but here we are. <laughs> the pair of them, here we are. <laughs> pretty much the same, because they were people that... Oh, that makes know, sense, yeah. <laughs> big busted blondes that Vince doesn't like anymore. Yeah, that's pretty... Yeah. Actually, you put it like that. Um, but yeah, um, that was too me. I might edit that one. <laughs> Please keep it in. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I think it's just it's one of them. It's a typical Vince was big on them, is no longer big on them, and now they just you know float around for a bit until future release. Unfortunately, I think um, yeah, it's a bit of a shame. I think it's insane if you don't put the iconics back together because that works and it works really well. You know, for Otis, he can be something on his own. So I don't know why they're going with this uh, Gable route, but you know he was never going to be a world, cha- you know, WWE title contender, which is well, where the, the first wrong. mistake, wasn't it? The first mistake, yeah. giving him the uh, the money in the bank lunchbox. <laughs> um, <laughs> the bank lunchbox. Uh, well, sorry, that's what he that's what he used it for. Um, but like, I still think they should have kept Heavy Machinery together at least out a tag team run, like mm. win the titles. They were they were not a bad tag team together. Worst thing that's happened to them because Tucky's just gone. Just gone. <laughs> oh yeah. 
I think he's sweeping backstage or something now. I think I called that when he came out in his little weird uh, ring gear and ended up losing the match, and then he won the 24-step title at one point, and then it was like, yeah, he's gone. See, I'm really disappointed, you know, because he was starting to amuse me. Yeah. Like when he, he was um, when he was having back and forth with John Morrison, and he's like, the internet, John. It's like this attitude <laughs> and everything just, just got me. I was like, this, this could work. I like this. The problem is, in life, we say you can never have too much of a good thing in WWE. <laughs> You can always have too much of a good thing. And if you know if you get over and they don't want you to get over, then they'll just kill you. And that is what happens. They'll kill, they'll kill you. Took us dead, so, guys. Uh, Reporting now, took us dead. So apologies, quite a quick one uh, for SmackDown, Carl. And if I didn't mention something and you're like, why didn't you mention that? Because it was boring and I didn't want to. All right. Okay, that works for me. <laughs> so um, all in all, um, do you know what? Right, This is probably going to be slightly uh, controversial. I'm interested what your thoughts are on your rating because I would actually rate this a two. I actually think this was the weakest one of the week. And surprisingly, Sorry. it seems to have got really good ratings from what I've seen on the old interwebs. Um, I don't see you know why what, Anthony, it wasn't great. There comes a time when you and I just have to agree to disagree, you know? But this isn't one of them times because I would also uh, give it a two. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't a fan, to be fair. I thought, yeah. you know, it, it wasn't as good as Raw. It probably yeah. wasn't as as a NXT. So I don't get me wrong. This isn't like the most offensive one of us. This doesn't annoy me. This wasn't a bad week. It just wasn't as good as the others. So I mean, that's why I get to two. It was okay. It was watchable. Mm-hmm. Not not as watchable as Raw, but watchable. Yeah, not as watchable as you know Dynamite, but watchable. Not as watchable as NXT, but watchable. You know, not as watchable as Paint Drying, but watchable. <laughs> Uh, I love it. So, um, so that was SmackDown. That was this week in wrestling. Shall we move on to Seg Three? Monopoly Events presents for the love of wrestling, Europe's largest wrestling convention, back in Liverpool, the Exhibition Centre, between the fifteenth and sixteenth of May. Guests this year include Olympic gold medalist Kurt Angle, the icon, the showstopper, Mister WrestleMania, Shawn Michaels. Three-time WWE champion, three-time TNA champion, things are about to get extreme with Jeff Hardy. Seven-time women's champion, diva of the decade and Hall of Fame star, Trish Stratus. Grand Slam winner and the wrestling god, John Bradshaw Layfield. These and many, many more will be joining us in Liverpool. Find us on Facebook at For The Love Of Wrestling. Visit our website, fortheloveofwrestling.co.uk. For tickets for entry and guests, visit ticketquarter.co.uk. That's ticketquarter.co.uk. For the love of wrestling, by the fans, for the fans. <laughs> 